Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Can I just begin with a praise? Yesterday I got a chance to give away a book, and not my book someone else's book, and I'll tell you why it's a big deal in a second. Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through every word of God's revelation of himself and consider our own stories in light of it all together, including this praise that you are a part of. Yesterday, I preached at the homeless shelter where I serve once a month, a bunch of guys in addiction recovery, and it's always a good sign when people come up to you afterwards with questions. Now, in ministry, it's hard to, or it's easy to put too much emphasis on numbers. But one of the guys that stuck around really stuck around. And he ended up walking to my car with me so that I could grab a book about apologetics to give him. But it wasn't just me that he walked to the car with. It was you too. I don't do this alone, and I wanted to say thank you particularly in light of something we're going to hear today in Matthew chapter 9. In our New Testament segment, we're going to hear part two of this stretch in Matthew that shares nine miracle stories that demonstrate Jesus' authority. But today, as we get to the end of the chapter, listen for the turn the narrative takes, because that actually sets up chapter 10 on Monday. And you're going to hear God's heart that he is a seeker in a way that I think will corroborate how you were walking with me to my car. You with me? (laughs) Matthew chapter 9. So Jesus got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Just then some men brought him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. And seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the scribes said to themselves, He's blaspheming. Perceiving their thoughts, he said, Why are you thinking evil things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven? Or, Get up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then he turned to the paralytic, Get up, take up your stretcher and go home. So he got up and went home, and when the crowds saw this, they were awestruck and gave glory to God, who had given such authority to men. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office and said to him, Follow me. Matthew got up and followed him. While he was reclining at the table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came to eat with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When he heard this, he said, It is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I didn't come to call the righteous but sinners. Then John's disciples came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests be sad while the groom is with them? 
The time will come when the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one patches an old garment with unshrunk cloth, because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes the tear worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the skins burst, the wine spills out, and the skins are ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. As he was telling them these things, suddenly one of the leaders came and knelt down before him, saying, My daughter just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus and his disciples got up and followed him. Just then, a woman who had suffered from bleeding for twelve years approached from behind and touched the end of his robe, for she said to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I'll be made well. Jesus turned and saw her. Have courage, daughter, he said. Your faith has saved you. And the woman was made well from that moment. When Jesus came to the leader's house, he saw the flute players and a crowd lamenting loudly. And he said, Leave, because the girl is not dead, but asleep. And they, they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. Then news of this spread throughout that whole area. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he entered the house, the blind man approached him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I can do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, Let it be done for you according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. Then Jesus warned them sternly, Be sure that no one finds out. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout that whole area. Just as they were going out, a demon-possessed man who was unable to speak was brought to him. And when the demon had been driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. And the crowds were amazed, saying, Nothing like this has been ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He drives out demons by the ruler of demons. And then Jesus continued going around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And my friends, that is chapter 9. Always one of my favorite passages. And I'll just make one other comment. That imagery of harvest, which was kind of like the imagery of fishing back in chapter 4, suggests that the call from God or Jesus is not just follow me, like relationally, It's also a call to win new disciples, right? And winning people is the concern of God, the Lord of the harvest. And here's Jesus saying, pray. It's his harvest, but pray for the workers. And interestingly, those who are, we just heard, who are told to pray are in the next chapter sent out themselves. So 
Moving to our Old Testament segment today, our Old Testament segment's going to be a little bit shorter since it's been a while since we've had a long wisdom segment. I think that's a good way to close out our Saturday before tomorrow's reflection, and we'll hang out in Proverbs a bit more. That said, yesterday we heard in Ezekiel the assurance of restoration for Israel, right? And today we continue on that theme of restoration in this really pivotal part of the book of Ezekiel. Today it's about both people and unity. Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by his spirit, capital S, he brought me out by his spirit and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were a great many of them on the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. And then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I replied, Lord God, only you know. And he said to me, Prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you, and you will live. I will put tendons on you and make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, And while I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. And as I looked, tendons appeared on them. Flesh grew and skin covered them, but but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to it, this is what the Lord God says, breath, come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, the breath entered them. And they came to life and stood there on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look how they say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Lord God says. I am about to open your graves and bring you up from them, my people, and lead you into the land of Israel. You will know that I am the Lord. My people, when I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you. That's a capital S. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. This is the declaration of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, take a single stick and write on it belonging to Judah and the Israelites associated with him. Then take another stick and write on it, saying, belonging to Joseph, the stick of Ephraim and all the house of Israel associated with him. And then join them together in a single stick so that they become one in your hand. And when people ask you, won't you explain to us what you mean by these things? Tell them, this is what the Lord God says. I am going to take the stick of Joseph which is in the hand of Ephraim and the tribes of Israel associated with him and put them together with the stick of Judah. I will make them into a single stick so that they become one in my hand. When the sticks you have written on are in your hand and in full view of the people, tell them, this is what the Lord God says. I'm going to take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I will gather them from all around and bring them into their own land. I will make them one nation in the land, on the mountains of Israel, and one king will rule over them all. 
They will no longer be two nations and will no longer be divided into two kingdoms. They will not devile themselves any more with their idols, their abhorrent things, and all their transgressions. I will save them from all the apostasies which they, by which they sinned, and I will cleanse them. Then they will be my people, and I will be their God. My servant David will be king over them, and there will be one shepherd for all of them. They will follow my ordinances and keep my statutes and obey them. They will live in the land that I gave to my servant Jacob, where your ancestors lived. They will live in it forever with their children and grandchildren, and my servant David will be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be a permanent covenant with them. I will establish and multiply them and will set my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. When my sanctuary is among them, the nations will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel. And that is chapter 37. Mm. Gospel in the Old Testament again. Hey, by the way, whose purposes is this? God's doing this for his own reasons. And that should be an oracle of hope for all of us, right? God acts to save, not on the basis of our worthiness, but out of the richness of his mercy. Well, we're going to close up today with uh, some Proverbs. Picking up in chapter 17, verse 11. An evil person desires only rebellion. A cruel messenger will be sent against him. Better for a person to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool in his foolishness. If anyone returns evil for good, evil will never depart from his house. To start a conflict is to release a flood. Stop the dispute before it breaks out. Acquitting the guilty and condemning the just, both are detestable to the Lord. Why does a fool have money in his hand with no intention of buying wisdom? A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult time. One without sense enters an agreement and puts up security for his friend. One who loves to offend loves strife. One who builds a high threshold invites injury. One with a twisted mind will not succeed, and one with deceitful speech will fall into ruin. A man fathers a fool to his own sorrow. The father of a fool has no joy. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up bones. Oh, I think that's just a good place to live. I didn't plan that. Live, leave, and... <laughs> That gets us up through verse 22. Uh, let me leave you with this. That whole Valley of Dry Bones thing, of course, um, was both, a, you know, like a lot of prophecy, was both a near-term prophetic thing, right? Israel will be return, restored to the promised land. And it's typological of our situation now. And as I love to say, Jesus didn't die on the cross to make bad people good or good people better. He came 
to make dead people live. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.